What a difference a week makes. Albion need a striker, but they certainly didn't show that on Saturday as it rained goals at the Hawthorns. Welcome back to the Baggies broadcast brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man. And as ever, we have a busy one for you today. We'll be mulling over the whole battering. Um, we're going to talk about the players that have started the season well and, and, and go over that. Look at the striker debate. Uh, we've got a new quiz that's being brought to the Baggies broadcast by a... Um, an Albion and a podcast fan. That's to come up. We hear from uh, lifelong Albion fan Jason Wheeler. Um, and we also look ahead to Huddersfield and Wigan. And as always, I'm joined by Lewis Cox. Now, Coxie, Steve Bruce and Albion got their first league win on Saturday, but it must have been nice for you to get your first league win as uh, as Baggy's reporter. Get that little monkey off your back. Well, yes, mate, entirely. Weight off my shoulders, monkey off my back. You know, it, it was it was it was beginning to become a burden. So, you know, glad glad to get that one out of the way. I would have been getting the um, you know, the curse shouts and, and all of that. I was I was clinging on to a Carabao Cup win. It was it, it was such like that. So um yeah, glad to get that. I will be honest, I didn't think it would be a five goal win. Um my first win given the obvious striker situation, the not looking like having that clinical edge, but there we go, 5-2. It was a bit of a mad one, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, very enjoyable. And um, hopefully it can sort of, you know, be taken to Huddersfield Saturday. Fingers crossed, hopefully. Well, the Albion are up and running now. Hopefully they do take that in. I'm just, I'm going to put a little disclaimer out here before you start. Now, as Baggies fans will realise, myself and Lewis do have busy schedules. So bringing the Baggies broadcast to you some weeks can be a little bit trickier than, than other weeks, especially at the moment when we're playing about five games a week. <laughs> Um, but this has been recorded as soon as it, basically as soon as we press stop on this, I'm running to my car and I'm driving to Derby. So we won't be mentioning not. It's not that we don't care about the Carabao Cup, um, as we know okay. so a lot of managers don't. We're uh, we we won't be sort of referencing Derby because it's been recorded today, which is a Tuesday, and it'll be played today tomorrow, which is Wednesday, which means the game will have already been played. So um, if there's no mention of Derby, don't worry. It's not because we don't care about the cup. It's just because we uh, we've got really busy schedules, basically. Really, we're just really important people. Is the cut and thrust of it? Working um, work, yeah, working hard, working hard. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll right, we'll we'll go straight into it. We'll go on to to Hull and just in the aftermath of it, Lewis. I thought some interesting comments came from John Swift. He said, you know, Albion play, players a little bit of pressure is lifted now because there was a little bit of pressure on them going into the game. Did you think there was a bit of pressure on Albion going into it? I I'm not sure I did. I think it. I think they needed to win it. Well, not. A win will, will, would have would have helped, which it has. Um, I don't know if I saw pressure on them. What about yourself? No, I, I know what he meant. Um, I mean, I was joking at the start there about um, glad to have my first league win covering the baggies. But I, I know what he meant. I mean, it's natural, isn't it, when you start a league season and you don't win the first, what, two, three, gets to four. You know, you, people start looking at the table, which is... A bit mad so early but but more so people start looking at you know the shortcomings and and why you're not winning early you know what are you lacking then it might be too late in the transfer window i get it um i agree i mean i agree with you you know it was obviously by no means must must win for the manager you know the manager or anything like that but um yeah it, it was important because that you know it was a home double header wasn't it cardiff hall and um i mean i missed cardiff Obviously prearranged. I was I was away in London, and I know you were there. But that was not the best, was it? By all accounts, that performance. So they they needed to follow it up with something much better and respond. And you know, it's just a hope 
that that response would would bring that win, you know, whether it cannoned in off someone's backside as as the first goal did in the end. Uh, but it, it, I just think it was needed regards maybe the fan base, perhaps the players themselves. I mean, yeah, interesting to to hear Swift talk about feeling the pressure, but I think it's only natural. And I think, yeah, all right, most players might not admit it in an interview, but yeah, you know, this this isn't Albion expecting to stay up in the championship of it, obviously, is it? It's Albion expected to get playoffs minimum. So, um, yeah, you know, the the longer a, a league season starts without a win, then by the game, by the by the week, by the midweek, it's going to mount. And um, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been the best of places, would it, if Albion didn't perform and and didn't win on Saturday? You know, at Hull coming, we're obviously flying. You know, unbeaten, one of the you know start had one of the better starts in the division. So. It was a statement win, to be honest, and some heavy irony, really, given the issues in the early weeks of the season, given the striker search, that they go and rattle five goals in. I mean, got varying goals, obviously, OG, penalties, you know, some scruffy ones, some worldies. So, yeah, I know we'll get into it. But, um, yeah, a big win in, in more ways than one, a really important one, I feel, and, and hopefully the start of something. Yeah, a bit of a saying amongst Albion fans when something happens and it's a bit something that doesn't happen to other clubs. The Albion fans always say, that's Albion, that. And I think that was, you could put that in a Saturday. I can't can't hit a barn door for four weeks and then go and score five at once. So I say that wasn't Yeah, Albion. of course. I think I, I said to someone while the game was going on, you know, you, you want to uh, <laughs> you, you want to keep a few of these for the rainy days, you know? Take, yeah. Take a 4-2 four, four or 4-1 or even 3 and uh, and save one for when, when you're really struggling. But no, I mean, the second half especially was... Um, yeah, it, it was really encouraging, I think. And um, a weird one, maybe, I think you said this, didn't you, in a video, like like when they lost up at Blackburn, you know, Albin didn't, didn't concede clear chances. They weren't ripped apart defensively. And and to be honest, no. Hull weren't entirely, yeah, obviously they were, they were carved open and, and Albin attacked on a number of occasions, but the goals, you know, they, they, they weren't clear-cut chances, were they? You know, it was 1-0 at half-time, yeah. crazy six goal second half and we're saying at half time did Albion have that that many chances you know obviously it bounced in off their left back didn't it Callum Elder and, and that was the all-important breakthrough which they definitely needed before half time um but yeah two two crackers started a second half won the won the game didn't they clearly and and that that bodes well doesn't it that bit of quality in Swift um you know possibly in a couple of games has had quiet afternoons really been been too quiet from an Albion point of view but you know, pulls that out with his with his alleged weaker foot. Um, a little glimpse of the, the real quality there that, that can win a match, you know, realistically. So, yeah, it's a, when, you, when you've got a bit of a striker crisis, when you've only got one sort of fit, natural senior centre forward, bad injury, another one who's free to leave, and, you know, you try and scramble into the last week or two to get, get one in. Um, it's no bad thing to be scoring five, is it? So. No, absolutely. Just at the other end of the field, we spoke uh, last week, about David Button, he copped a bit of flack um, at Blackburn for uh, fans thought he should have saved a couple. And obviously there was the the free goal from Ishmael Asar against Watford, although he did save a penalty. But, you know, John Swift and Steve Bruce both, you know, emphasised it in their post-match interviews, how important that save that David Button made in the first half, um, tipping it yeah. onto the bar. You know, he, for fans maybe criticising at Blackburn, you know, he has made some crucial saves already this season, you know, including Hull. Yeah, um, I mean, he's an experienced goalkeeper, isn't he? You know, he's sort of been there, seen it, done it. Yes, 
as a number two at varying points of his career quite quite often, obviously at the Hawthorns too. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how his season goes, isn't it? I think. Um, obviously, when Johnson left, I, I don't know how many, if if any, would have um, you know automatically suspected he'd come in and you know stay as number one, um, step up and stay as number one. I should say. You know, may, maybe fans would have expected another keeper in, but this is obviously how they decided to go. How Bruce has decided to go. You know, maybe he's looked at the finances and think you know he's he's confident in Button and. You know, funds are better spent elsewhere. Wages, um, from what I've from what I've seen of him, which is a small sample size, admittedly, um, he's a good shot stopping keeper. And and in one on one situations too, you know that tip on the bar the other day that you've referenced there was was massive, wasn't it? It's a totally different game if if Hall take the lead, and they were lively early on. Hall, as you know, as as good as Arbin started as well. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been I've been reasonably impressed with Button. He, he does tend to play quite high, doesn't he? But I think that's a trait in a lot of modern day, you know, a lot of keepers nowadays. Obviously, got done by the lob. There's a couple at Blackburn that I noticed <laughs> threatened to bounce over his head. Um, I'm not sure about the the goals at Blackburn. Perhaps perhaps on another day he keeps out one of them. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been realistic, you know, reasonably content with with what I've seen from him. Does he does he strike me as you know top top end of the division in terms of a goalkeeper? You know, if Albion go up, he'll be a number one next season in the top flight type thing. I'm not so sure, but again, it's hard for me to make a call at this early early stage. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how he does. But that was a massive save um, earlier at nil nil against Hull, and uh, he'll be frustrated. He he and particularly the defence as well. I think will be frustrated with conceding the couple at the end to. Um, Paul's Colombian boy, Estupinan, I think it is. I just call him Oscar. Yeah, you weren't a fan, were you? I know, but... Um, I was... Although I would have liked him in Albion's side because he was yeah. very, very niggly and horrible to play against. Yeah, him. yeah, proper South American vibes um, about, about his uh, streetwise performance, but he took his two goals well and uh, that's not his first brace of the season either. So um, he's certainly a centre-forward that um, the like of which Albion, you know, wouldn't mind, surely. Uh, yeah. But a shame... You know, there were there were blots on the copybook, weren't they? There were consolations for Hall. Um, but I think we said, didn't we? You know, Albion had the obviously the nil-nil against Cardiff, which was that welcome clean sheet, I suppose. But you know, just to have, to have a clean sheet with with the league win would have been would have been welcome. But nah, beggars can't be choosers when you're going after that first win against the team unbeaten, can they? You, you take five-two. Um, but and I'm just interested to see how his season goes. I think you know he's probably waited on this opportunity and he's. I imagine he's desperate to, you know, do well, even even as you know, experienced keeper as he is, well into his thirties. Yeah, just on another, you know, you mentioned about striker there, sort of a nice segue into. I was going to talk about Carlin Grant because, you know, he has scored a couple already, but um, in all competitions going into Saturday, but he's copped a bit of stick. He what he didn't have a great performance against Cardiff, sort of backed out of what it looked like a 50-50. but I thought he was very good on Saturday. He got he scored from the penalty spot and ran the channels really, really well. It's difficult for him because I don't think he's an out-and-out number nine. Um, and he's played in that position because obviously DK is injured. But he seemed to he seemed to stretch Hull, um, Hull on Saturday and give Albion a bit of a different dimension. 
Do you, do you feel uh, you say you don't see him as an out and out number nine? Do you think that's because he'd be better as a two, like in alongside someone? Or? I think he would be. Yeah, yeah but like, he's he's one of them. But the, the, the whole time Grant's played for Albion, he's never really played in a two. Yeah. Um, I think I don't think he can lead a line on his own. Although he did play very well on Saturday. And, yeah. No, but I mean though, yeah, it, the, there what? were balls up to him. There were balls down the channel where he could sort of turn a centre half or turn yeah. a full back. And I thought yeah. he did really well at that. Yeah, that's his game. He's obviously he's not got that typical stature, sort of size profile to you would automatically think, you know, play the lone role up front of a DK or you know, I mean even talk about the profile of Zahor, you know, he's bigger lad, isn't he? You know, taller lad, you know, theoretically should be able to play the one up front. But that's that's obviously doesn't look like it's natural to for for Grant. Obviously it's the way Albion are going this season, four, two, three, one and at the moment, at the moment, they're having to go go along with it. I, yeah, it's um, I think I wrote in my analysis um, over the weekend for Monday. I think it's a little bit. I don't know. Uh, looking at this season, the early point of the season, it feels a little bit unfair to judge Grant on how he's doing because there's a lot on his. You know, there's a lot on him scoring the goals. You know, as the only sort of fit available, natural centre forward. Obviously, you can talk about having Robinson up there, but. But yeah, I just think there's a lot on him. And I think, you know, if it's not happening for him for a game, you know, it's probably to be expected. He's not going to score at least one every game, is he? And that's obviously what Albin need to address in, in the market. Um, I wasn't at the Cardiff game, but yeah, obviously heard the reports of people being frustrated with, you know, not going fully into a challenge or things like that, which obviously, you know, all fans just want to see the bare minimum of putting it around, don't they? And, you know, sliding into tackles and being physical as such. So I get that. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I've, as I've said before in podcasts, I've seen Grant come through the levels and he does play on the shoulder well, in my opinion. Um, you're always sort of on the edge. And because of how he plays like that, he'll get chances. You know, in nine times out of ten, he will get chances. And it's it's how many he's going to take. Like his numbers since joining Albin aren't bad, are they? And that... You know, I mean, last season that was not in a creative side, was it? I mean, I didn't see them, but it certainly wasn't in a creative side. So, bodes well. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him when someone else comes in, when the pressure's off him a bit, where he doesn't have to start every game and, he, you know, he might be able to come off the bench. I think he could be a really good impact player because he, he does have a... You know, he's not he's not slow, is he? I imagine when he comes on against a tired defence, he could be sharp and that could be useful. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to judge or or um, give Grant any sort of you know grief early on because I think it's a bit of a difficult thing at the moment given the whole striker situation. He's 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 having he's had the burden all on him, hasn't he? And he's you know it'd be, it'd be good to see when he's when he's finally able to share the load, which is obviously what everyone wants. Yeah, hopefully we'll come on to that striker search in a little while. Um, Grady Dingana. Now everyone's been going on about him, waxing lyrical. You know we'll hear from Jason Wheeler, our our fan view this week. Um, who said Albion need to start a chance saying we've got our Grady back, which is what it seems at the moment. I that was as good an individual performance I've seen from a West Brom player in quite a long time on uh, on Saturday. He was exceptional. He is Steve Bruce has repeatedly said in press conferences he was the best player in the championship a couple of years ago, and it looks at the moment like he's going to probably be one of the best players in the championship this season, given the way yeah. he's performing. Yeah, I he's looked class, hasn't he, so far? Um, yeah, dare I say it, a cut above. Um, really impressed, really encouraged. Caveat, you know, I didn't 
I didn't see him on that loan particularly, you know, other than the odd clips or highlights all those years ago. Um, but I know how good he was from obviously reports and, you know, following colleagues and, and stuff like that. Obviously, to the point where Albion made the move permanent. I, I know, again, from speaking to people, how tough the last year or so have been, a couple of years. Um, but something must have clicked, seems to have clicked this summer. Um, you know, formation. I saw a couple of Albion fans say to me over the weekend that, um, and you might be able to give some context to this, Johnny. Obviously, playing on the left now, this 4 2 3 1 um, seems to be, you know, working well for him with his sort of left footed delivery. I don't know if that's. Has has he been sort of messed around, moved around positional wise? Has he? Yeah, he's played a lot on the right wide? last season, and it yeah. didn't seem to go well. But I think even if he was stuck on the right this season, I think that the size he is and the the determination he seems to have, yeah. and the, yeah, that yeah, fire yeah. in his belly back, I think he'd still perform just as well out on the right. Yeah, it seems even at this stage, I think fullbacks defenders already know he's on it and and are already wary of him. You know, are already sort of edgy about him. It might get to the point where you know defense midfielders decide to stick two on him which you know you hope frees up space for you know Swift to fire one in from 25 yards even Wallace on the other side um little caveat while I think about it I thought Townsend attacked well on the overlap the other day um thought he looked good I know it's- I thought the fullbacks were chalk and cheese I know you weren't there Wednesday night the fullbacks were chalk and cheese from Wednesday night I thought the fullbacks yeah. were dreadful on, on and I don't like to slag anyone off but they had a really really off game on Tuesday night and that was yeah. probably Wednesday night that's probably down to why Albion didn't play very well. And well, it's not Townsend's. Uh, I believe I'm right in saying that obviously being a flying attacking fullback is not Townsend's Townsend's natural game. Sorry, I think he's very much more at home on on the left of a back four where he's going to be defensive defensively solid first and foremost. But you got Furlong on the other side. He's almost the opposite, isn't he? His his game as a fullback is that attacking modern fullback. Um, but Furlong was quality, wasn't he, on on Saturday against Hull? Really good, best goal of the game. Um, but Grady, I mean, I think the manager said, you know, the three games in a week, Blackburn away, he was certainly the bright spark at Ewood, wasn't he? On, you know, a day Albion didn't play terribly, um, weren't weren't good or great by any stretch, but still probably did well enough to to warrant some out of the game at Blackburn. Grady was the best player. For Albion, I would say by some distance. Can't comment on Wednesday, but again, the manager seemed to suggest that he was, you know, one of very few bright bright points from that that off night when when Albion didn't play well at all, but got a point. And and the whole game, I mean, he was he was electric. He, I think, he only ended up with with the one assist. Not quite sure how. Obviously, hit the post. Deserved a goal. Deserved a couple more assists. To be honest, um, probably star man again. I think I gave him nine out of ten. Probably, I think, along with Furlong. Um, but yeah, he's, he, he has been. We're getting onto this, aren't we? Players have started well. He, he's probably, well, he's the standout man so far. And um, yeah, if, if if they can just, you know, look after him physically in terms of fitness, in terms of this schedule, um, making sure that the rough treatment of him, which Bruce has referenced, doesn't get too too OT. You know, he, he might need a couple in there looking after him, whether that's Yakuzlu or Malombi or Townsend. Or whatever, just uh, Bruce said, wrap him in cotton wool because he 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 does look, I think he does look a confidence player. Uh, you get that with wingers, don't you? When they're when they're in the mood, they're flying, and then they can go off the boil if it's not happening for them. Um, but he looks like it's all going for him at the moment, and uh, yeah, to, you know, touch wood if he can carry on like this. I mean, he's he's going to be right up there, isn't he, for for star championship players? And and if he's on his game, like like he has been, you know, Albin's prospects have been in around top six, you know, skyrocket, don't they? 
Um, he's had a massive start, and uh, yeah, fingers crossed it goes on. Yes, another one who's had a, a good start to his Albion career. Okay, Kushley. Now, a fan, Jason Wheeler, who's on, who on with us later, mentioned to me, and I think this is right, when Kushley's been on the pitch, Albion haven't conceded a goal. Yeah. Which I was trying to work out. Wow. And it is right. And it is a very good stat. He went off on Sunday, and I'm not on Saturday, and I'm not saying it directly linked, but he went off. He's conceded two. Played against Cardiff mm-hmm. for 90 minutes. They didn't concede at all. Sheffield United. So Sheffield United. And I think he came on in the second half against Watford when they'd already conceded. Um, huh. It shows the difference he makes, doesn't it, Lewis? Not just. Yeah. I, I don't think it's just defensively that he's making a difference either. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I, I'd agree with. I mean, that's quite an interesting start. I don't think it's a coincidence, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, Albion fans don't need me to tell them about Yakuza, but obviously, this is still a midfielder, a player still. You know, you would say getting up to speed, you know, probably hasn't had a full pre-season. So, what's that now? One, two, two league starts, I think it is. I think I'm right in saying. Um, or three. Uh, but, yeah, still still getting up to speed, still yet to get near his peak. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's a, a coincidence, you know, defensively. But, yeah, on, on the ball the other day, I mean, it just felt the other day to me. Um, I wouldn't say he, he like, grabbed the pitch and like grabbed my attention like Dean Garner or even the way Furlong attacked. Um but it just felt like he you know you noticed when he went off. It just felt like you know like he controlled the game, you know, quietly understated but controlled the game. Um with his tempo physically with without the ball. Always uses it well, doesn't he? And always uses it forward if he can. Um he's got that technical range with him as well. So yeah, he's, he has, but will continue to make an even bigger difference, I think. Um, I mean, if that <laughs> if that no-goals-conceded stat continues, then I think Albion are laughing, aren't they? Given that, uh, I mean, he's surely, you know, one of, if not the first name on the team sheet, isn't yeah. he? Him and, him and Dean Garner at the moment. Uh, maybe Shemi at the back as well, although, you know, perhaps one or both of the four goals came came his side. But, yeah... Yakuza has been been great. I'm enjoying watching him for the first time properly. Um, massive, massive part of this side now. I think, you know, we'll hope to see him continue in the team. Obviously, we're going to Derby tonight and, you know, you want him wrapped in cotton wool and, you know, he won't start there. You wouldn't have thought. But, uh, yeah, need another big performance out of him. You know, a few away days on the spin, aren't they? Huddersfield and then Wigan next week. Yeah, well, there's the uh, the recap of Hull. Just moving forward, we have our little news section, but there's only one piece of news that Albion fans really want to hear about, and that's the the ongoing search for a for a centre forward. Now, Lewis, Steve Bruce said he was open. I think he said at Blackburn. He sort of said, "Ask me in a couple of days." Um, then the name Liam Delap came out. They admitted that they weren't were interested. Um, and from what he said, it seemed like Albion were pretty were one of the one of the front runners really, but. As Steve Bruce has said, and as we could probably have already pieced together, he made a decision to go to to Stoke. Um, his, his dad, Rory, is the uh, um, the first team coach at, at Stoke, so I imagine that played a, a huge yeah. part in it. But what um, I, I do, from your perspective and what you know, do you, were Albion ever close at all? It seemed like it from the outside. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, I'm not you know close. How close? I'm not sure. But Albion and Stoke were certainly the front runners. Um, I think Stoke were always quietly or maybe noisily confident, you know, because of the because of the, the Rory factor, I get it, and that always felt like it 
that always felt like it could happen. And I, I'd heard pretty early on that Stoke were, were confident. Um, but then, you know, a couple of noises made it sound like Albion had got, you know, it got down the, down the line with those talks. And we know from Bruce how hard they worked on it. And we certainly, and he's, you know, one of, if not the standout talent in that position for his age around, you know, at Man City. So, yeah, it would have been massive. Obviously, it came out that, um, did City turn, turn down a big Southampton bid for him? 15 mil, something like that. Um, which tells you all, all you need to know about, you know, a lad who's barely played any league football. But yeah, well, I think we need to, you know, I'm sure we will draw a line now. And, you know, that one's not happened. He's been a long-term target, but frustratingly, the loan's got away and, and Albion are looking looking elsewhere, aren't they? And, you know, Bruce has said trying to be creative, you know, in the market because they, they have to be. We know how things are with funds. Uh, frustratingly, you know, and there's been some interested names sort of banging about, aren't there, from, from various sort of sources, you know, differing levels of reliability, I'm sure, um, in those shouts. But a couple... A couple you could see why they're, they're linked and why there's interest in them, I would say, um, given, you know, the, the type of players in question. I'm sure we'll get onto them. Obviously, um, Lewis Graben's one, I've seen Ollie McBurney, um, one or two others. And and you can see, given their situations at their clubs, just why. I mean, since we last recorded a podcast, we had the Lucas Zhao one from Reading as well, didn't we? It's um, Is that been... fallen flat now? It's gone a bit quiet in the last few days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um... I meant to check how how involved he was for Reading over the weekend. Actually, um, I'm going to do that as we speak because um, I'm not convinced he started. But I'm just checking. Hold on. No, he came off. Came came on. Sorry again for half an hour um, in their victory, which was an impressive one. We, like we know how I know. I mean, I, I was told how much Paul Ince rates and wants to keep him. So I, I struggle to see that one, given the um, the contract situation, the funds, all that sort of thing. But, you know, never say never, obviously. Um, and yeah, no, you know, Graben's been a name floated all summer, hasn't he? Of, of those free agents um, out there, you know, he's a high-profile one, isn't he? You know, obviously, his side got, got promoted, Forrest. And I, I personally think... I mean, I don't, I don't know if Albion fans what you know what like hearing this, but I don't think Graben would, and I don't know what you think, Johnny. I don't think Graben would be the worst no. in the world. I mean, if, you look his record, at his re- if you look at his record, I think he scored yeah. I think he scored twenty like two or three years ago for Forest. Yeah, no, obviously um, his age. You know, I appreciate his age being a factor, stuff like that. I, I get it. What's he going to? But do? I don't think Albion fans but, can sniff it. And some some fans that are maybe a bit negative about it. He signed Andy Carroll last summer. I don't uh, last January. Sorry, I don't know what his age was, but Carroll's old. Carroll could hardly move, but he did a job and he scored a few goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Albion wrote a low ebb, but you stick grabbing in that side. He's a goal scorer. You, you think the amount, yeah. the amount of chances that the amount of times that Lewis Graben will put, uh, sorry, Jed Wallace puts balls across the box time and time again, and it's not just ones for a big tall centre forward to nod home. There's ones across the front, and you just mm-hmm. want that striker with a little bit of. Even though Carl Grant scores goals, I don't think he's out in that goal scorer or that instinctive striker. And someone maybe like Graben or someone who's got that knack. For example, you know Cameron Archer's come available again now. We don't. Well, I believe he has, from what Stephen Jarrod was saying. I know fans were saying he was linked to the move to Watford yesterday. Yeah, it's um, another interesting name. Yeah. Yeah, but obviously the Ishmael Assar move broke down. Mm-hmm. He was believed to be going the other way, but Archer, someone mm-hmm. who Bruce has said he's in, you know, or it's come out that he's in Albion are interested in him early interested in him earlier in the window you know he's someone who's banging goals for England the 21s he's he, 
he is championship level. He scored against Albion last season. He scored a good goal against Albion last season. And it's one of them where it's interesting, isn't it? Do you, you need you know, that goal scorer, that that, well, that I mean, instinctive goal scorer. Yeah, you as a Baggies fan and fans out there, you know, you've got I spoke about this a few weeks ago in one of the first pods, I think. You know, you've got we spoke about grabbing there. Um, and then you, you mentioned Archer, you know, obviously one free agent permanent and Archer being alone, clearly. Um, two entirely different moves for players at you know opposite ends of their career. You know, which which would Albion fans prefer to see? Which would they want? Now I'm pretty sure the overwhelming majority would be Archer um, on loan. You know, I guess you know his impact at um, Preston. He was on loan at last season, wasn't it? Was was superb. You know, proper talent. Seeing him for Villa. You know, very highly rated new contract there. So if if he was available, well, obviously he he was going to be part of that that Watford staffing, wasn't he? So you know, he, he clearly to a point was available for a loan. Surprisingly, given Villa's forward situation, uh, centre forward situation. But um, if the Watford thing isn't coming off for, for Archer now, um, because the SAR, the SAR move broke down, you, you know, you'd have to imagine, having been interested in him previously, that Albion would be asking the question at the very least. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd be, I'd, I'd be quite excited if Archer was the answer. If, if Archer came in, I think there's a lot, you know, you could see him coming in and, you know, notching double figures, I think, quite easily, given what he did at he did at Preston and the goals he scored for Villa in cups and so on. And you know, with with the amount it's looking like this Albion team can create. But like I said, at the other end of the scale with Graben, I mean, how old's Graben now? Thirty four, I think, something like 34, that. Thirty four, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think it's to be sniffed at because because he knows where the back of the net is now. Yeah, does does his age and you know physical status at the moment you know detract from that? <laughs> possibly but I'm not convinced about that I, I did hear regards grabbing I think I don't think he's short on um, on options I think I've heard you know even not necessarily domestically so be interesting to see if that you know if that sort of comes more to light and or if or if he's you know he, he has to search for a championship move then you know imagine Albion would be near the front of the queue wouldn't they so Mc, McBurney was McBurney, I saw linked. Um, yeah, you that one. I'm, I'm not massively convinced his goal record's not. It's not great at all, is it? Um, he he does have obviously years on on Graben, doesn't he? I'm just having a quick look now. He's only 26. That that surprises me. He's only 26. Um, I thought he'd be nearer 30 than that. He's uh, obviously Scotland international, but yeah, beyond it was Swansea where he came through and um, and was prolific, wasn't it? And earned a, a good move, but beyond that. You know, hasn't done it. Another know, one that's been mentioned is is um, Lyle Taylor at Nottingham Forest. He's been told he can he's free to leave the city ground now. Yeah, that would cost. Obviously, he's probably under contract, but he's probably well, someone you've seen a bit of, Lewis. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. No, I have, I have. I suppose that's. You know, I don't know this for definite because I don't know Forest situation in inside out. But is that a, a one similar to? Is that one similar to grabbing in terms of, you know, Forest going up? Yeah, and and you know if if Forrest hadn't gone up, you know Lyle Taylor grab him. They might have been kept around, mightn't they? Because they, you know, could could championship players forwards. Um, clearly, obviously, they've decided that you know the champions probably Lyle Taylor's you know ceiling, and they don't see him as one of their prem options or whatever. You know, ditto with grabbing. Although Lyle Taylor is a bit bit younger, I I like him actually. Um, I don't know how much Baggies fans have seen of him. Probably a, a little bit playing Forest, but. He's a talent. Um, not sure he's an out and out 
out and out number nine. I wouldn't say no to him. Technically very, very sound, gifted. Um, I've seen him playing a, a bit more off a main striker, really, as that little sort of linking, jinking sort of creator type. He can score goals and his goal record speaks for itself, certainly at League One level. You know, what, what his goal record's been like in the champ, I'm not 100%. But, um, yeah, tidy player. Um, interestingly, all of these we've mentioned, I mean, obviously Archer alone, um, grabbing out a contract, but, you know, your La Taylor, um, your, your McBurney, Lucas Shaw, you know, the, the thing they all have in common is being out of contract this time next year, you know, one year left on, on their deals. So, you know, it is, is that... I can't one. imagine Forrest are going to want a lot of money for Taylor, given the money that they're absolutely yelling out at the moment. No, 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 they'll be happy to, you know, get the wages back, won't they? But um, maybe that's why these names are being, you know, banded out there, because they've got, what, less than 12 months left on their contracts and the, and the club's selling or looking to let go, don't want to don't want to miss out or have to let go for a free, you know, on a free, you know, the last chance to sort of make a bit of a bit of money on them. Who knows? But um, not... I don't think it's the group of worst options we've seen named. Listen, obviously, the centre forward that comes in could be, you know, entirely from left field, entirely out of the blue, someone we haven't mentioned. So let's see on that. You know, I think Steve Bruce said at last week's press conference that, you know, he's talking about his his work with um, head of recruitment, Ian Pearce, and, you know, talking about he could go and bring us a list of, you know, targets in inverted commas, um, or certainly players out there as long as you are, you know, the, the players available. But, but they, I appreciate in, in Albion's situation up front, perhaps at this stage of the window, they can't be too picky, but then you can't take any, you can't take anyone in, can you? Because you could end up with entirely the wrong sort who comes in for entirely the wrong reasons uh, at the wrong age on too much money. So that, you know, just because it, the move feels like not necessarily a quick fix, but certainly, you know, of the stop gap type with the DK situation, they can't just go and splash out on it. Splash out, use those words ironically, you know, yeah. uh, pay out on entirely the wrong. There'll be player. no splashing out. In no, well, you know That's what I mean? True. It could, 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 could yeah. cause issues down the line if the wrong one comes in. So, um, yeah, the, there is sense in biding their time, but like we probably would have said a couple of weeks ago, wouldn't we? That, um, you know, that at that stage they had to act because they needed that first win. And, you know, they still have to act because. They're not going to score five goals every week. But um, whichever striker does come in, will sort of be licking his lips, won't, you know, won't they, at, um, at what he's probably seen of, of what his new teammates can create this season, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and just, it's interesting you mentioned that point about um, Ian Pearce and um, Steve Bruce, because we spoke about it on Saturday, didn't we? And, and I've seen a lot of it. Um, Steve Bruce spoke about a list um, after the Cardiff game. And it was from a question that I asked. So I asked Steve, is it, you know, you go back to a list now and look at strikers. And Steve Bruce said, list, there isn't a list. Uh, with a little bit of an ironic laugh, which we all sort of chuckled about. Um, and then he sort of explained, exp- he came for a bit of flack for them comments and explained it on, on, on Friday's press conference, which you were at, Lewis, and, and said, look, it was a case of, you know, there is, we haven't been looking for strikers. So there isn't a list of strikers, but there's lists for, you know, for other players. But yeah. it, it prompted a lot of fans to go, and then on the back of what he said, then it prompted a lot of fans to go, we are, we used to have this amazing overseas scouting network, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Ian Pearce coming for a bit of a flack, which I will start this by saying, yes, Albion's recruitment in the last three or four years, I don't know how long Ian Pearce has been in the club, but it hasn't been the best. It's, it hasn't been very good, really, if you look at Albion's um, recruitment record, probably over the last 
seven to eight years. And a lot of fans go back into this default position of, oh, it was fantastic. We had Dan Ashworth as technical director. We used to get all these players in. We used to get, we've got Claudio Yaka, we've got Peter Odenwingi, um, Yusuf Malumbu, Graham Dorans, you know, just four there out of a, out of a plethora of, of, of players that Albion brought in. Yeah, yeah. I think it's time we'd sort of, we have to just sit back and think, you know, people will compare to that era. And it's a lot like the years at Manchester United after Alex Ferguson left. It took Man United fans two, three, four years to realise that they weren't going to get back to them levels of what of success that they had or it wasn't going to happen very quickly. And I think what Albion fans need to realise is that when Albion had that system in place where they were finding these players, the guy at the head of it is the best technical director in the country. Now, we didn't know it at the time, but he then went on to be England, worked with England and I think he, not as maybe as much as Gareth Southgate, but he takes a lot of credit for turning English, the national team around. And then he went to Brighton and now he's at the, oh, I don't know what Newcastle are, richest club in the world, are they certainly richest club in the Premier League? But he's at the, one of the biggest clubs in the Premier League and they're going to grow and grow and grow. You know what Newcastle are going to do. They're going to be challenging in the next few years. But he's the, he's the pinnacle. So Albion are not going to hit that, probably ever again, really, if we're honest, mm. unless they find a, a gem in the rough that you know turns out to be another unbelievable technical director. No one's going to hit them heights. And I think it's what it, what it is unfair. I know Ian Pierce is not a technical director, and Albion haven't got one at the moment. But it's unfair to sort of compare back to that because we're never going to probably be as good as that. We're never going to have someone at the head of it who's as good as that in Ashworth. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And even though Ian Pierce and whoever's gone before him, you know, Luke Dagan was technical director, and they've had technical directors before that. You know, the recruitment hasn't been great. We know that over the last eight years. It's been pretty poor, to be honest, like, on, the, on the whole, I'd say. You know, there has been played, you know, Pereira, Dean Garner, but I know Slavin Village had a lot to do with them transfers. Um, but yeah, I, just, I think it's just letting go a little bit. You know, we had Dan Ashworth on the podcast. It was great earlier this summer, and it was great to, you know, for, to hear him regaling them tales of, of when it happened. But I think to compare and say, oh, we should be like that, we should be like this, is unfair because he is the best in the business he has been for a very long time and you, you you're not yeah. going to get back to that level and i think that's just even though we want to see them players come through and, and, and other clubs do find little gems the guy up front for hull the other day is a relative unknown but to compare to that era is just that i think it is a little bit unfair despite the yeah. fact that the recruitment record isn't great no i agree i think it's a good point just i think it's a bit of a double-edged sword i mean you know even the best you know obviously as you say, you didn't know at the time regards Ashworth being one of the, the best out there, the best around, went on to obviously massive things. Um, even the best won't get every signing right, you know, whether it's the lower money one or the big money ones. You Absolutely. Know? And, and you know, every to a point, every signing is a risk. You can do as much homework, have as much knowledge as you want. But on, on, on the flip side, I mean, you mentioned the whole striker there, but across the levels, certainly you still sit in the Premier League quite often, don't you? For And I appreciate Premier League wages is you know, to to a point, chalk and cheese, but they are still out there for, you know, certainly abroad for for minimal transfer fees. They are they are still out there, but um, you know, like last Friday's press conference, I think it was, you know, this this kind of thing, this European abroad overseas transfer situation was was put to Bruce, and you know, he, he sort of sort of suggested that you are. You are hampered not being in the Premier League with that kind of thing, and that that to me suggests sort of wages and, yeah. and maybe the pull. Um, I mean, obviously Hull 
Hull is a bit of a weird example, isn't it? Because you know their side was lit. You know their side had a you know, sixty cap Turk. You know, all right, much much similar to Yakuslu, but you know a proper Turkey star. You know who um, obviously pulled up injured early. Then the Colombian boy up front. But you know th- th- this is a whole side who have you know just gone through a you know an overseas takeover, haven't they? Obviously Turkish ownership. I think I'm right in saying so. That's that's clearly how that's come you know come about. You know, rewind a season or two. You know, whole coming up from League One that wouldn't have happened clearly. So, you know, obviously depends on your ownership level. You know where you're at ownership wise if if you're in the Championship. But I, I would suggest certainly from what the managers, you know, um, tried to put across there is is that you know those kind of overseas deals are e- easier to look at when when you're in the top flight. But yeah, you mentioned other names there. By no means impossible at this level. Just just got a bit across it haven't you across it you know things fall into place and strike while the iron's hot type thing yeah yeah but yeah that's my uh my little rant of the day on the the Dan Ashworth comparisons right this is the moment we all listen to the podcast for this podcast is brought to you in association with that man the kettle and toaster man based in Briley Hill where you can get all your kitchen where you can get your kitchen kitted out with a range of household appliances all in one place um this week's this is, I've picked this out today, Lewis. This is a bargain. You can get yourself a, sw- a white swan microwave, Nordic digital, um, 800 watt microwave for just 65 pounds. Absolute bargain. As I've said, I'm soon to be moving into my property, so I'm going to be uh, raiding the the kettle and toaster man. But if you fancy that or anything else that you've got in stock, head to Thorns Road in Bradley Hill, or you can go online at kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Um, right, we're going to rattle through the final part of the podcast. As uh, as we explained earlier, me and Lewis need to get on the road to get to get to Derby. It's going to be weird listening to this for Albion fans tomorrow. This is I've already uh, all happened, but we've got Fan View is back this week. We struggled for a couple of weeks. Um, sort of people have been away on holiday, etc. But we've got um, the Fan View segments come back this week. Uh, we caught with Jason Wheeler, lifelong baggy from a family of baggies fans. They go home and away, um, and he does does a lot of videos on social media. Jason Albion fans would have seen him last year uh, with a few very uh, passionate um, sort of descriptions of the games after Albion had had a rotten rotten afternoon, which happened a lot last season. Um, they were absolutely superb to watch from an Albion fan's point of view. But we part with him early this week. This is what he had to say. Yeah, on on on, but on to Saturday's game. Um, I mean, I think it's a bit of an exaggeration to call a match fifth game into the season a must win. But uh, I think it was vitally important that uh, we did collect the three points on Saturday. I think the pressure would have mounted if we had failed to do so. Uh, I mean, the performances have been there, in truth, other than Cardiff, where we don't play particularly well. Uh, but for me, we're three points short of where we should be. Uh, we should have beat Watford. I mean, we had numerous opportunities to have won that football match. And uh, we certainly should have got a point to Blackburn. Um, again, really, uh, we should have come away with something there. Um, you know, I think I think Saturday you saw the importance of uh, getting that first goal. Uh, it kind of lifted the pressure uh, somewhat. Um Obviously, once we got the second goal, which was a good time to score, just after half-time, you could see the confidence uh, flowing through them veins. And uh, I think a perfect example of that was actually Darnell Furlong. I mean, he had a cracking opportunity at nil-nil. He kind of shanked it. I don't quite know what he did, but he certainly fluffed his lines. Um, and, of course, a 2-0 when the confidence is running through the veins, as I just said, that uh, he goes and sticks one in from 30 yards or s- somewhere in that region. Fantastic finish in the bottom uh, Left-hand corners, I was looking at it uh, in the Smedic end. Um, 
yeah, and when second half, we really tore into Hull. I mean, we scored five. I mean, really and truly, we could have probably had six and seven, um, if truth be told. A couple of sloppy goals, obviously, we conceded uh, towards the end. It must be said we'd made quite a few changes by then. Um, they probably don't happen if them changes don't happen. But obviously, uh, when the game won, he was, you know, the manager's obviously going to freshen it up. Uh, I think I'm right in saying as well that uh, we're still yet to concede uh, when OK Yosselu's on the pitch. Um which, uh, you know, just proves what a defensive shield he is. Um, I, I miss, really, I should have uh, mentioned this uh, earlier in the conversation, but uh, big credit to David Button as well, who made uh, two big saves. I mean, the one he tipped onto the bar. I mean, obviously, if Hall score, uh, it's a different game um, because, as I said, you know, that first goal is all important. Uh, teams then, you know, sooner or later have to come out. You know, as we've seen this season, teams will sit at the all thorns. I mean, even thought of Blackburn, they they sat uh, quite deep for an home side. So we are going to come up against that. Um, it'd also be a miss of me not to uh, mention Grady Dean Garner. Uh, I think, uh, you know, of all the chances we could come up with, we got our Grady back. He certainly feels that way. Uh, he's unplayable Saturday. I mean, I've had him as man of the match in the last three games. Um, and I think you've got to give credit to Steve Bruce. You know, we go on about formations and tactics and all the rest of it. But, uh, you know, man management's a massive part of uh, the game, probably more today than ever. Uh, and he's obviously put his arm around Grady. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's unlocking that talent we all know he's got. And, uh, you know, he's, he's actually like a new signing, really. Um, he's been absolutely terrific. And uh, obviously the work he's done as well. You know, we can see that. I mean, last year he just got knocked off the ball all too easily, where, of course, um, this season, you know, you can see he's holding on to that ball and defenders are not knocking him off it too easily. So, yeah, all in all, big, big three points. Certainly, you know, we're two tricky away games in the league coming up. Uh, of course, first in full whilst we get to Derby tomorrow in the Carabao Cup. And uh, for me, it's uh, it's an home game living in these parts. And, uh, yeah, uh, local pride at stake. And... You, it's interesting you mentioned about David Button there because he copped quite a lot of flack after the Blackburn game. And we know a few people have said, well, Albion going to move for a keeper in the market. And, you know, we know Ben Foster was training with Albion, but that was only sort of to keep his fitness up. What what, what have you found, Jason, that's the general consensus on it? You're, obviously, you're there every game. What, what what have you found that's the consensus been with Button? Obviously, he had, a, he had a good game on Saturday, as you said, and made that crucial save. But do fans think he's sort of the one at the moment or he's, he's um, up to it or...? From the from the people I I speak to and certainly the people what I uh, go with and, and sit by I think their general consensus is pretty much mine I mean um, you know I think he's uh, a steady reliable keeper I mean my take on it and I said this in one of my videos uh, before the season can he make them big saves at the big times you know where you come out the ground and say yeah our keeper got us a point today he got us three and uh, you know I think that's the big thing but to be fair to him you know Wofford. You know, I mean, that first goal was a free come, and I don't think you can attach too much blame from there. But he saved a penalty, um, which obviously helped to uh, get us that point. And of course, Saturday, uh, he comes up with uh, two big saves, which, uh, of course, if we can see, then he changes the, you know, the dynamics of the game, and um, you know, all will probably sit in, and even more than they uh, probably planned to. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll wait and see. I think the jury's out a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, so far, so good. Yeah, and just finally, but you know, the window end of the windows approaching. We all know West Brom want a striker. We all know they need a striker. From what you've seen so far, Jason, if West Brom do get a strike before the end of the window, and obviously DK will be back in whether it's two, three, four months time, do you think there's enough there to go up this season? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I said before the start of the season, um, with the squad we've got, you know, uh, I think uh, top six, anything less than top six, six for me is a massive, massive failure. Um, you know, and I certainly think if we can get DK, as you say, back fit and fiving, uh, a striker for our personal like to see another midfielder as well, if if the budget stretches to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's no reason. When you look around the championship and you look at the squad, you call tell me our squad in, in the top six. You know, as many clubs and many managers who'd like our squad to go to war within the championship this season. So uh, yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see, of course, what striker we bring in that list. Uh, if there is a list, uh, must be dwindling by the day. Lewis, well, there we go. That was Jason Wheeler. Lewis, he's sort of, I, I sort of asked um, Jason there about, you know, my final point was if Albion did get a striker in to keep us going until DK was there and um, and DK came, comes, but only eventually comes back as well. If they get that striker, you know, do you think they'll go up? What do the expectations change? You know, for example, if say Albion went and got a grab and he started, he hit the ground running and then DK come back as well and they were well stocked in that department. Are you thinking maybe Albion should be looking at top two here? Um, my immediate thought to that is I don't see why not at all. Um, I don't see why not. I know there are some other decent contenders. Um, it's a little bit early and I haven't seen enough teams yet to give an overall impression of the strength of the whole champ. Um, but we know there are some good contenders to, to you know to emerge at the at the top. But if Albion if Albion got that right forward in who who you know, who could find double figures. If DK comes back and can play regular football, I'd I'd say that, you know, that Albion would be right among amongst it. Um, you know, and that's not wanting to keep unnecessary pressure on it all. I just think that's where the squad would be at. You know, when you, you look at look at it all from back to front now. Um, interestingly, uh, you know, there, there are probably other areas as well, aren't there? I think Bruce has hinted at this, hasn't he, where he said he'd still, you know, two or three he'd, he'd like. Um, I still think he'd like a bit more depth in midfield, which you know see, seems almost ironic, doesn't it? Given the the moat to to Middlesbrough thing, and yeah. and then you you know right backs the other one that seems to crop up, doesn't it? Um, or, or fullbacks in general, I suppose. You, so you've got you know Furlong beyond that. Phillips seems to be getting a run at right back. Gardner Hickman, obviously, but um, yeah, I mean the manager hopes it'll be a busy finish. Um, I, I think so. I think they'll be right. You know, if they can get this this striker one right. And I think I don't see any reason why they, they shouldn't be, you know, fa- not favourites, but certainly candidates to be in the top two. Yeah, be interesting to see. Right, moving on from that, from from Jason's little segment. Thanks for your time, Jason. Um, we'll chat with him again very soon. Um, on to questions, really. First one, Lewis, can either of you play up front? Oh, well, I think we've touched on this, but um, I I'm don't know what sort of striker I'm, I'm, I'd be. I'm lacking a bit in height, but I think you are as well, aren't you? You're, I'm you're Andy. Not... I'm Andy Carroll without the height. I can't move really <laughs> that quickly. No, I'm. Uh, I'm a bit, a little bit nosebleed over halfway line. I'm. I'm. I'm very, you know, very much uh, further back down the pitch, unfortunately. So I. Um. I think Yakuza's took my spot basically. So I. I think he's just edged me out the side. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Um. I. I. I don't think. You know, we talk about Grant. Not being that number nine to play in a one, I certainly don't think it's me. I'm not. Tell you what we joked about at the weekend. Luke Atfield could be the, the the replacement. He banged a hat trick in in the charity game we played earlier this summer at the hall. I could, uh, I could give a call to my colleague Joe Edwards, who's um, yeah. Joe's a bit. Joe's a bit of a player. Albion fans will know Joe from sort of covering the odd Albion game. Joe, he certainly knows where the net is. But um, 
but yeah, to answer your question, Mark, well, it's no, 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 I wouldn't get looking, like, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, circle your, your striker <laughs> to the Express and Star Sports desk. No, 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 I think hopefully Alvin can do a bit better. Yeah, um, Baggy Bale has got in touch. This is a sort of lie point of view, and um, we all we heard that Lie's son was at the game on, um, on Saturday. <laughs> Just but the big question is, how do we stop Lie from taking more money, more and more money out of our club? Imagine how much he'd take if we got promoted. How legally can we get it all back? I think it's an awkward situation at the moment. It is, it's right that everyone gets frustrated about the, the, the loans and stuff. But I think we've at the moment, we've just got to wait until that, is it December the 31st, to see if this this loan that he took out, this £4.95 million. Yeah, earlier, I think, isn't it? Or it'll be, obviously, it'll be five. Will it be five? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be around near almost £5 million. Um, I think we've just got to, Albion fans have got to wait. I think if that gets broken, then I think it just sort of revisit the, the issue. But it's just... I think it's getting angry about something that we can't really control at the moment, um, which 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 is sad, really. But um, yeah, you'd like to hope, wouldn't you? Well, again, this is in an ideal world, and we don't live in one, and football doesn't work in one. But that everything's being done possible um, behind the scenes to ensure that things are in place, you know, and to ensure that things happen. But I think we spoke about it on the last podcast or video, didn't we? Just because deadlines have been missed, it gives you no gives you no sort of um, encouragement, does it, about that? But, um, you know, <laughs> fingers crossed, uh, which is a terrible thing to say. But, yeah, um, you know, that the, the, the club, the people at the club are, are doing everything they can. Yeah. Uh, Leah Watkins have got in touch. Is our search for a striker more important than finding defensive cover slash a utility player? I'd say yes. I don't know what you think, Lewis. Um, striker got yeah. to be top priority. Yeah, I think it is it is a top priority, isn't it? But um, I touched on other positions there, didn't I? And, you know, you look at senior centre-halves beyond, you know, Jay O'Shea. It was great to see O'Shea with the armband the other day, by the way, wasn't it? Um, nice little story around him having the armband. But beyond those two and Bartley, you know, you're a bit... You know, say one of them goes down, you know, little injury or suspension, you, your depth... Well, you know, you, there is no depth, basically, is there? So, you know, you'd have to look at out of position or, or a youngster. Um, so maybe, you know, we have three, three fit senior centre-halves. Um, not sure about that, but yeah, beyond that, I, I would say light in midfield. I think Bruce has touched on only having three for two roles, which, are, you know, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you just took, you know, three, three centre-halves for two roles and three centre midfielders really for two roles. And that isn't, you know, you want four, don't you, ideally? You you want four for that depth, competition, you know, security. So it's a little bit of a worry. Um, hopefully, you know, those might be addressed, you know, between now and September the 1st. But I'm not saying all the eggs are in the centre-forward basket, but it is, you know, clearly the... I think Albin have looked OK defensively, haven't they? To, to me, they've looked pretty good. Um, sides haven't carved chances against them at will. Um, but, yeah, we all know where the issues lie at the other end. Yeah, we certainly do. Do you expect a couple of incomings uh, in, in brackets, Premier League loans at the very last minute next week or something in place for Saturday's game versus Huddersfield? Is that is that where Albion are looking at? Obviously, we get the striker in, whether it's a free agent or a loan. And then is it a case of trying to sort of mop up on that? Yeah, maybe, yeah, that. yeah. I mean, the, the window, it never stops sort of developing, does it? And, and by that, I mean, you know, the 30th, the 31st players come available that weren't or something that was on and then was off comes comes back on again. Um, obviously, I know Baggies fans have been listening to this from, from Wednesday onwards and will have obviously spoke to, to Bruce last night. Yeah, tonight. Um, 
at Derby and hope you know all being well we'll have an update there and I know there's a presser later in the week ahead of the trip to Huddersfield um not in an, in an ideal world for everyone um us us selfishly and the press included they happen ASAP um you know by this weekend certainly before deadline day um but this is football and the transfer market isn't it you know it but you know none of us know why you know I think even the people at the top of football clubs know why it goes the way it goes but that's just people in football the managers agents players wanting wanting the best things wanting you know thinking something will come right at the end and it doesn't and having to settle for down the down the pecking order um you know third or fourth choice or whatever but yeah I think the games will and do keep going don't they you know Huddersfield Wigan and then is the one after that the Friday night I believe I'm right in saying potentially um, yeah Burnley is it at the Hawthorns um yes yeah 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 and that's the day after the window isn't it I think um let me just check calendar on yeah. second second yeah. yeah well there you go so what's that two uh one two yeah two more league games then before the end of the window um but I think our conversation about this whole recruitment thing would be a lot probably a lot more sort of irate and not irate's the wrong word a lot more excitable if Saturday hadn't happened and like Saturday doesn't cure Albion's goal scoring you know issues it was probably a bit of a freak result but it does show they can create it does show they can score um albeit Furlong's not going to score from 25 yards every week and you know there's not going to be an own goal to get them up and running and a penalty so look, the need is still there absolutely but I, I do think we can be encouraged by you know the creativity inside I, I really yeah. do you know that Cardiff game aside it has been good yeah yeah um just and just finally from Suraj Chauhan who's a regular listen to, listener to the podcast uh more of a rant really says he less of a question more of a rant why these so-called fans abusing a fantastic servant to the club in Livermore? He has put his heart and soul into this club. Some fans believe he deserves abuse for getting picked by the manager. Yes, we have better options, but he does not deserve the abuse that needs to stop. Back the team and every player in it from start to finish. If he put no effort in or couldn't be bothered, I can understand some of the remarks I've seen, but still too much. I think what he's alluding to is Livermore hit 200 appearances at the weekend. Albion, Albion's official Twitter account put out a sort of graphic. And there was a, a, quite a lot of um, criticism for, well, not criticism, but yeah, abuse for, for, for Livermore, really. And um, I'm sure it's water off a duck's back for him, but because of the career he's had. But, you know, I've been a critic of Livermore. I, I don't think he's part of Albion's best side at the moment, but I do think he's got a role to play in the squad. And, and he's probably right here. Lewis needs to be a bit of respect attached to his name, because even though he's probably coming to the, the twilight of his career, he, he has in the whole done well for Albion. Well, as um, one of just, three centre mids as we was touching on there um for two roles they, yeah natural i would say i suppose not including you know your gardner hickman or your reach or whatever then he definitely got a role to play because yakuza and Malumbi aren't gonna you know stay fit and available and play every you know three times a week are they so um but yeah no i i absolutely agree i mean i i get it you know i, I get what fans are saying um regards like what you said there the strongest side and how you know, those two, Yakuza and Malumbi, are clearly first and second in the pecking order at the moment. And and we've seen that and we'll probably continue to see that at Huddersfield and then maybe at Wigan, you know, fitness pending. But yeah, I think he's still got a role to play, certainly behind the scenes where he's a big and important character. But was it um, the, the Cardiff game that I missed that, that you covered for us? You, you said he, he did OK, didn't you? I think he said that to me, you know, he had yeah. a decent, decent game. 
Um, obviously, his game is his game. You know, he's 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 a certain type of midfielder, and you know what he's he's, he's pushed thirty now, isn't he? And he, you know he's not physically not where he would have been in his early to mid twenties, but yeah, he's he's going to play a part. But yeah, the, you know he's been a great servant for the club, hasn't he? Over a number of years, good loyalty. Um, you know, played important roles in good seasons. You know, obviously had some disappointing seasons too, but good, good servant, good service. I don't think deserves, you know, on, on something that's positive and and you know deserves sort of respect and praise, like a milestone appearance. I think it's a bit harsh to you know see him get you know as much criticism as he did. But that ugh, that's social media, isn't it? You know, that's 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 that side of it at the at the moment. And um, yeah, I, I still hope that he will you know come in and have. Um, you know, have have some important parts to play in this season, but yeah, on the flip side, you know, I agree. You know, you want to see Yakuslu and Malumbi probably as the you know as the central mid, midfield too at, at Huddersfield, no doubt. Absolutely. Thanks for your questions, Albion fans. Um, sorry for those who didn't read out. Do get back in touch next week. Now uh, we are coming towards the end of the podcast. Um, now a few weeks ago, we had someone get in touch with us, TJ Smithy, who. We will uh, we will big up because he he's the guy who um, designed the Baggies broadcast logo or the new one that we had last season. Um, he got back in touch with us about um, coming on the podcast and doing a, a weekly quiz. So we've had a bit of a chat with him and he's come up with some ideas. And last week I uh, I sort of caught up with him, sat down and he we went through the, the first quiz that he's come up with. So it's going to be sort of a weekly or or once every two weeks he's going to come on. Um, some weeks it'll be me and Lewis answering the question. Some weeks we'll even have one of you guys on to go up against us. But last week it was me on uh, the quiz, which was the baggage journey. Um, and this is how I got on. Tom, welcome to the baggies broadcast. Hello, um, if any, uh, <laughs> any, Tom got in touch with us a while ago. Tom is the person behind the, the baggies broadcast, broadcast badge. And he got in touch with us a few weeks ago regarding um, having a potential quiz on the baggage broadcast. Now, yeah. any Albion fans who also watch cricket, who also listen to the BBC podcast Tailenders with uh, Jimmy Anderson, Greg James and Felix White will know there's a, there's a guy in there called Matchin who comes on at the end of every episode and he comes up with a wacky quiz um, and fires a few questions out. Um, this is going to be similar to that, although I doubt there's going to be any sort of jingles that he does every week. Um, well, there's certainly going to be some good quiz questions so Tom I'm going to pass over to you um, and you can sort of fire away I'm going to be the one in the hot seat today answering the questions Lewis will be with me certain weeks um, and then we we, might, we potentially might have fans on to go sort of head to head later in the season but this is going to be a real test of my baggage knowledge now I'm, uh, I'm a bit nervous about this one to be honest <laughs> yeah don't worry so this is uh, this quiz is called the baggage journey so it's the teams that uh, certain players have played for all the way up to playing for West Brom or they might have started the career at West Brom and gone on or finished the career so forth and so on and so on so it's like uh, it's almost I'll say the, the teams they played for from where they started yeah. to finished and then uh, if you get it correct you get a point <laughs> right tidy right just as a, a point of sort of clarification my phone's here I'm going to move it and put it all the way over here so Tom will know this is recorded on Microsoft Teams so you'll be able to see if I'm cheating, if my long arm's going yeah. up to try and get me phone. But I've got a piece of paper. I'm going to work these ones out. I want to, want to have a good start on week one. So, uh, yeah, Tom, when you're ready, mate, take it away. Yeah, so the first player started their career at Watford. They then went on to play for Sunderland, Southampton and Aston Villa. They 
then made the best decision of our life to join West Brom. I've got it. You got I've it. Got it. Carry on. Do you want to? I'll interject if you want. Yeah. Kevin Phillips. Kevin Phillips. It is. Come on. Good start. Good, 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 good start. start. Good start. Right. Fire more at me. Come on, I'm confident now. <laughs> You're on for it now. So this next person started their career at Blackpool. Started their career at Blackpool. They then went on to play for Macclesfield Town and Stockport County. This has got to be an old one, this has. This has got to be an older one. <laughs> they then played for Rochdale and Bristol Rovers. Yeah. And then made the jump to Southampton. From Southampton, yeah. they went on to Liverpool before joining West Brom. And then they finished their career at Cardiff City. Ah. Uh, yeah. You got it? Ricky Lambert? Yeah. Ricky Lambert, yeah, I was struggling then until you mentioned Liverpool. <laughs> I was probably struggling then. That's that's the thing. Some of these, you, you know, yeah. like the the earlier days, you're like, oh. oh. I, was, I always thought you'd thrown a '90s curveball in there. Then <laughs> I was only born in 1994. <laughs> right, next question. Next question. This player started their career at Chelsea. They then had. Three low moves to Reading, Preston North End and Brentford before joining West Brom on loan. Oh, he's got it. Has Neil he got Clement. it? Clement it is. Oh, what an answer that is. That, oh, that, that's, that's among my career highlights. Alex. <laughs> you said loan, but then you said like Reading. I was like, oh, I swear he went to West Brom. But, <laughs> oh, this is a great start. Albion Great fans, start, are we going to be challenging some Albion fans in recent weeks? Bring it on. Yeah, Bring it it's on. going to be good. It's going to be good. Have we got one so, more? Uh, you can do. I've got a couple more if you want. Yeah, more. We'll go on. We'll go for a couple more. Yeah, I'm confident. I'm, I, I, I'm riding high at the moment. This one might be uh, a bit easy or a bit hard, depending on. There's some teams in the middle that I'm just not going to say because I yeah. can't, can't even pronounce them. <laughs> but this player has played for Lil yeah. and Nancy for joining West Brom on loan for a season to then join Celtic to then join West Brom back on a full contract. Mark Antoine Fortuno. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Feel like the Oracle. Fire. He's on fire. Right, one more, one more. I'm, I'm up for it. Full ice. Right, because we're playing Hull. Depending on when this. Uh, yeah, we'll have already played Hull. Pre-recorded. Uh, Just ignore this bit. We've won uh, nine nil. <laughs> so uh, we don't need to really go on about this. So this player has started their career at Manchester United before having three loan moves to Peterborough, Plymouth and Carlisle before joining Hull City. From Hull City, he then moved to West Brom. After West Brom, he then joined Aston Villa 
went to Stoke. And as of now, is at Derby County. Well, he's stuck here. Uh, I, yeah, oh, I don't know. Oh, I got, I got a name in my head, but I don't know if it is. Because he left us. Well, he went to Hull. At, Hull after West Brom. Oh, I'm, str- I'm getting too cocky too early here, wasn't I? Too cocky. Yeah, this is too difficult. cocky. This is difficult. I'm gonna have. So do you want me to go through again, or do you want? I'm gonna have a stab at Curtis Davis. No, it's not Curtis oh. Davis. He put me out of misery. Put me out of misery. Over a season, 13 appearances, played at centre back. Paul McShane. It was no. James no. Chester. Chester, of course it was. Yeah. Of course it was. That's a shocking answer. I'll take that, though. I'll take that. Four out of five. I'm happy with that. Four out of five. Good start. Tom, thanks very much for your time. Tom will be back next week um, with an equally as tough quiz. Uh, Lewis will be alongside me. We'll see how many we can get anyway. So, Tom, thanks for that. See you next time. There we go. Four out of five I got there, Lewis. I got a bit cocky towards the end, but um, I was pretty pretty happy with that performance. But like we said, some of them will be... What's that? Sorry? Not a bad start. You don't want to peak too early, do you? Uh, not a bad start. I'm happy with that. Pretty solid. Um, so some weeks it'll be me and Lewis, and then some weeks we'll get some of you guys to come on. We've got a long list of you who are going to come on the fan view, so we might be getting in touch with you to have a little bit of little bit of a go on um, TJ Smithy's quizzes. So thanks for getting in touch, um, and we'll be back very soon with another game. And we're almost out of time. Um, but just a little nod to, to Huddersfield and Wigan. The next time we'll do a baggies broadcast will probably be after Wigan. Um, Lewis, uh, long trips. You're going solo to Huddersfield on Saturday. I'm going to be there at Wigan now. Um, but it'll, it's going to be a t- one thing that I thought, you know, Steve Bruce will want six points. I think all Albion fans will want six points. But it's yeah. going to be it's going to be a test of squad depth, I think, I think, a little bit with two games in this short space of time and with, with both being important league games. Yeah, just continued um, test of squad depth, isn't it? You know, just it's, it's pretty relentless and doesn't stop, does it? Which is... Yeah, it's fine for fans and fine for us because you know we we like working at games, but it is hard on 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 a squad and particularly a squad when it isn't massive. You know, we spoke about depth just now before before your quiz. Um, so yeah, tricky. But you know, look at Huddersfield's start to the season. It's it's not been particularly brilliant. Um, that we know, obviously, the season they had last season and what's what's happened since over the summer. You know where they are, where they're likely to be this season, and and we're gonna side that. Came up from the division below, two away days. Albion's, you know, started the season, well, they started up at Middlesbrough, didn't they, with a with um, a point up at Middlesbrough, wasn't it? 1-1? I wasn't point, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a defeat on the road at Blackburn, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it'd be a good time to, to box off that first away win, wouldn't it? Um, Saturday, certainly. And that, you know, get it. And that that'll obviously be the, the the two league wins on the spin, and then you take that real confidence to Wigan, don't you? And hope that um, hope that we'd be able to have too much for a newly promoted side like that. So um, so fingers crossed. I don't I think a four point return wouldn't be a disaster, but six has to be the target. Um, yeah, fingers crossed we can uh, be celebrating three points on the road. It's good to hear you'll be at Wigan because I thought you were ditching me for both. But um, no, I'm back in. I'm, I'm sub back in. I'm back in. Uh, back to filth. 
back to full fitness. But thank you very much, Baggies fans. That's all we've got time for. We've packed a lot into today's episode, but thank you for listening to another episode of the Baggies broadcast. Um, we'll be back next week as ever. It'll be midweek next week. And hopefully, like Lewis said, we'll be coming back and we'll be talking about another six points and a bucket load of goals. Have a good week. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>